let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. It was December 24th in the year 1818 in the tiny village of Obendorf, Austria. The church was getting ready to celebrate Christmas Eve. The hall had been decorated with flowers and candles and ribbons. The choir had prepared their songs. The pastor had prepared his message. The people had gathered in anticipation. And best of all, the choir master had written a new hymn just for Christmas Eve, and he was going to present Present it and launch it that night. It was going to be a memorable Christmas Eve in Oberndorf, Austria. But there was only one problem. Before the service, the organ broke down. Without the organ, how would they introduce the song? There would be no majestic soaring music. Remember, in those days, there was no bass guitar or electric keyboard, no amplifiers or loudspeakers. Without the organ, the pastor and the choir master would have to stand on the stage alone, strumming an acoustic guitar. How would the people even hear them? It wasn't turning out the way they expected. You can't blame the pastor and the choir master if they felt disappointed. Things hadn't turned out the way they wanted. But God's purposes often interrupt man's plans. And what the pastor didn't know then was his disappointment would become God's appointment. You see, after Christmas, they brought in an organ repairman. He went all over Europe repairing church organs. And fortunately, he was able to repair the organ. After he'd done that, the choir master sat down to make sure the organ was working. And he played the hymn that he had written to launch on Christmas Eve. Well, the organ repairman heard the hymn and loved it and asked for a copy of the music. So he took the copy of the music, and from then on, every church he went to to repair the organ, he shared the new song. Quickly, the song spread throughout Europe and became one of the most beloved and popular Christmas carols ever. In fact, we still sing it in Ghana today. What was the new hymn called? Silent Night. From a humble beginning in a tiny church in a tiny village called Obendorf, Austria, Silent Night has spread to nations everywhere. Millions of people sing it every Christmas. The pastor and the choir master may have been disappointed in the way the song was launched, uh, but God, in fact, was at work. It was because the organ broke that a repairman was called. It was because the repairman called, he heard the hymn. It was because he heard the hymn that he spread it everywhere. It was because the organ broke down that Silent Night was carried all through Europe. The broken organ was God's instrument to use a humble repairman to spread Silent Night. And the true story of the hymn Silent Night is reflective of the Christmas story itself. You see, Mary and Joseph probably had a lot of expectation about how their miraculous son would be born. They planned for him to come out with glory and splendor and awe. After all, he was a king. But instead of a majestic welcome worthy of a king, he was born in a manger in a stable in Bethlehem. It wasn't the way he was supposed to be born, and they must have been disappointed. But it wasn't just the way that he was born, the whole story of his coming from an unplanned pregnancy to a last-minute journey. It just didn't seem to be the way they'd planned. Christmas defied their expectations and left Mary and Joseph feeling 
disappointed. Yet when God's purposes interrupted man's plans, uh, that disappointment became God's appointment to bring Jesus to the world. And in that fact, you and I can have hope today. You and I can have peace today. For just like Obendorf and Silent Night, just like Joseph and Mary, we can face disappointment in life by trusting in God's plan. God has a plan and purpose for you. He can turn every disappointment into an appointment for good. And when you accept God's plan and embrace God's purposes, you will receive God's promise. God's promise of peace. That's the truth we're going to discover in our sermon titled, Jesus, Prince of Peace. We're going to learn the steps that every one of us can follow to receive the Prince of Peace into our hearts and live this season and the new year in the peace of God. But before we go further, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you today that everything about us is known by you. You're watching over us and you've got the whole world in your hands You've got us in your hands. We thank you that in that knowledge we can learn how to have peace today. As we accept your plan and embrace your purpose, we will receive your promise. So come to us anew. Open our hearts and minds. Give us the entrance of your light, which will bring us the entrance of peace. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon our hearts and minds and bring us peace. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment, join your faith with mine, put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. It's great to have you here as we continue our sermon series, His Name is Jesus. I don't know about you, but I love the Christmas season. I love celebrating Jesus' birth and the peace and the joy and the love that it brings. Anybody else love Christmas? Amen. That's why I want to invite you to join with us throughout this month and celebrate the coming of Christ together with us. But if I have to be honest today, there's a few things about Christmas. Christmas, I don't like so much. For one thing, the traffic. Eesh. Why is it that Christmas time, the traffic becomes so bad? And not only that, but the prices is because of Christmas, things are high. First, they told us it was because of COVID. Then they said it's because of Ukraine, Russia. Now they said because of Christmas. What does the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago have anything to do with the price of rice in Medina Market in 2022? Hey, it makes me wonder what are we celebrating? Uh, where's the peace and the love and the joy? And if you've been wondering the same thing, then you've come to the right place today. Throughout this month, we're discovering the true meaning of Christmas and why we celebrate as we look at the names of Jesus as they relate to Christmas. Last week, we learned that Jesus is the light of the world and Christmas brings light to our hearts. Today, we're looking at Jesus, the Prince of Peace, how he brings peace to us. And that's why we celebrate. We need to know what we're celebrating. The good news is Christmas has nothing to do with traffic or prices. It's not about about busyness or business. The true meaning of Christmas is a celebration of Jesus who brings us light and 
peace. After all, the Bible says in Isaiah 9, 6, his name will be called Prince of Peace. And when you focus on Jesus and bring him into your Christmas celebration, you will have peace. For Luke 2, 14, the angels proclaimed glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes, he brings us peace. For the promise wasn't just to the people in Bethlehem. It wasn't just to people long ago. It's present-day reality for us. We can have peace when we welcome the Prince of Peace. So everybody, join me right now and take a deep breath. <sighs> forget about the traffic, forget about the prices, and let's discover how we can experience peace. And to help us do that, we printed sermon notes. They look like this. If you're joining online, you can get them online with your website, with our website, or at our social media pages. Take out your notes, and let's discover three steps to peace. And there at the top of your notes is our scripture text for today, two verses found in Galatians 4, 4 and 5. I want to invite everybody to read it out loud together with your best Christmas voice. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. But when the right time came, let, let's take that again. Ready? Go. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Inside these two powerful verses about Christmas, we come to discover the plan of God for Christmas, the purpose of God for Christmas, and the promise for God for Christmas. And when we embrace these truths, we will discover the three steps to peace. So here's your first step today. You must accept God's plan. If you want peace, you must accept God's plan. Listen to how our verse 4 begins. But when the right time came. And the fact is God has always had a plan to save mankind. He's always had a plan that included a time because good planning includes good timing. And from the beginning of time, God established how he would bring a Messiah. When Adam and Eve sinned, God began to plan. And at just the right time, God sent Jesus to earth. It wasn't too early. It wasn't too late. Jesus came at the perfect time in history. But from an earthly point of view, for Mary and Joseph, Christmas seemed to be at the wrong time. Mary was pregnant before she got married. That's bad timing. They had to travel at the last stage of her pregnancy and deliver the child in a strange town. That's bad timing. Her family and friends weren't around. That's bad timing. Everything from a natural point of view seemed to be bad timing timing. But from an eternal perspective, it was at just the right time. God brought Jesus just at the right time when the world was prepared, when the prophecy could be fulfilled. See, if Christmas came after one year of Joseph and Mary being married, we would not count the birth of Christ as being miraculous. If Christmas had come at Nazareth instead of Bethlehem, it would not fulfill the prophecy. If family and friends had gathered for Mary to deliver, then the shepherds would not have been invited in. But everything happened at just the right time. That's why Luke 2.6 says, while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. In other words, everything happened in God's 
perfect time. And the good news for all of us is if we see God's timing at work in the birth of Jesus at Christmas, we can know and trust that God has a perfect timing for us as well. And just as he worked for Mary and Joseph, he's going to work in our lives at just the right time to do the things he's established. He's got our times in his hands. For Psalm 31:15 says, my times are in your hands. And you can trust God today, no matter what you're expecting, no matter how long you've waited, no matter what's going on, you can trust that your times are in his hands. Maybe you expected to get a promotion this year and it hasn't come yet, but your times are in his hands. Maybe you hope to be married by now, but his times are in your hands. Maybe you hope to have a child or get a visa or get your education, but your times are in his hands and you can trust God that he will work all things out in the right time. So just say after me, my times are in his hands. That's the lesson we can learn from a man from Indonesia named Ari Kayono. Ari and his family of 10 bought tickets for Air Asia Flight 8501 and planned to travel from Jakarta to Singapore on Sunday, December 28th, 2014. But then on December 15th, Air Asia decided to change the departure time of Flight 8501. So they wrote emails to all the passengers. But Eric Kayono and his family didn't read the email. Maybe it went into the spam folder. I don't know. And then the airline decided to call all the passengers on Flight 8501. So they called everybody. But Eric Kayono and his family didn't pick the call. They never got the message. And so Eric and his 10 family members showed up on Sunday morning, December 28th at 7.30 a.m. ready to board the flight, only to fly that the flight had already boarded and the doors were closed. And no matter how they pleaded or what they did, they were not allowed on Air Asia Flight 8501. Eric Cayano and his family were disappointed. They thought they had the right time, but they missed the flight. But later that day, the news came that shocked the world. Air Asia Flight 8501 had crashed into the ocean, killing all 162 people on board. And Eric Cayono and his family are alive today because God had their times in his hands. And he has your time in his hands too. That's why the first step to peace is to accept God's plan. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Patience is visible trust in God's timing. You cannot be impatient and have peace. Peace and patience go hand in hand. And when you trust God's timing, you will not be impatient. As we come to the end of this year, maybe there are things you are looking for. Maybe there are things you're hoping for and planning for, and you become impatient. Lord, the days are going. Today's the 11th. We've got to the 31st. When is it going to happen? But you have to accept God's time in your life. For when you realize that no matter how things look, God's time is best, you will know he will work it out. That's why he Ecclesiastes 3 says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. And I declare to you today that God will make everything beautiful in his time in your life if you believe it. You may not see things in your life as going according to schedule. They may not be planning the things 
that you went out and thought according to the calendar, but God says he's going to make everything beautiful in his time. He's not late. He's not behind schedule. He's got your times in his hands, and he's going to work it out for good. If he delivered you too early, you would not learn faith. If he kept you too long, you'd get discouraged. But God knows when to come through and when to bring the victory and when to bring the breakthrough because he watches over you. He's got your life in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand, and he's got your time in his hands. He makes no mistakes, no accidents, no coincidence. God's got it under control. If you believe it, say amen. That's why 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, for God says, at just the right time, tell your neighbor, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. If you believe it, say amen. God will answer you at just the right time. He's moving, orchestrating situations and events to bring you to your desired end. But understand today that in that passage, we get a key that there is a part for us to play. God has a time, but listen, the scripture says, I heard you at just the right time. And God's got to hear your voice. God's got to see your patience. God has to see your faith and your trust in order for his plan to work. See, if God's got the right time, but you don't respond, you'll miss God. You'll miss what he has for us. And that brings us to our second truth today. You've got to embrace God's purpose. Listen to how our scripture text continues in verse 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us so that he could adopt us as his children. Turn your notes over to page 2 and understand that here we have the purpose of God. God's plan came at just the right time. God orchestrated the calendar to bring Jesus. But now we move on to point 2 and that's the purpose of God. God has a purpose. The reason he brought Jesus at just the right time was to save you and to deliver you and to adopt you into his kingdom. That's why Jesus said in John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And God has a purpose for Jesus coming. God has a purpose for Christmas. God has a purpose for the world. And God has a purpose for you. And you will never find peace. You will never find fulfillment until you embrace God's purpose. But understand this afternoon that embracing God purpose requires you to surrender your own purpose to him. You have to give up your life to gain life. You have to yield your purpose to God to receive his purpose. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.15 says he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. They'll no longer pursue their own purpose. They'll no longer make their own plans. Instead, they will live for Christ. See, the Christmas story is not just about Jesus giving up his throne in heaven to come to earth. It's about us giving up the throne of our hearts and lives so he can come and live with us. We have to embrace God's purpose and surrender to it. That's what happened to Mary. That's why she got a miracle. The mother of Jesus, when the angel of Gabriel came and told her the news that she would have an interruption in her life, listen to how she responds in Luke 138. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. 
Now think about this for a minute. This was no small decision. This was no small declaration. Mary already had her plans. They were already engaged. Mary was already planning her temple wedding. She'd picked out her bridesmaids. She'd printed the invitations. She'd booked the temple for the wedding. She'd booked the reception. She had even chosen her colors. Hey! Today, the biggest thing about the wedding is choose your, what are your colors? Choose your colors. Mary had done it all. She'd made her plans. Uh, she was excited about her wedding. And suddenly, God comes with a major interruption and changes her plans. She's pregnant. Suddenly, the wedding dress doesn't fit. Suddenly, her family is ashamed. Suddenly, her fiancé is confused. And Mary is disappointed. No wedding, no wedding dress, no family and friends at the temple, no reception, no colors. Mary's the picture of disappointment. And what about Joseph? Joseph was disappointed. He had booked their honeymoon at Pedwase Valley Resort Lodge. Ooh. <laughs> he had the champagne chilling in the cooler. He had his best cologne on, and suddenly he's disappointed. The only good thing they had to look forward to, well, at least we have a baby coming. At least a baby will be born. But even there, they were disappointed. They were forced to travel at the last minute, forced to deliver in a manger, forced to be surrounded by shepherds and animals. These are real people. Mary and Joseph were just like you and me. They had expectations. They had desires. They had anticipations. They had feelings. And here they are, disappointed. Their dreams are shattered. Their plans are scattered. They faced real disappointment. And the fact is, they're not bad people. Of all the people ever who lived, Joseph was the only man selected to raise Christ here on earth. Of all the women who ever lived, Mary alone was chosen to bear Christ. We have a lot of great mothers at Agape House, but Mary was exceptional. She was chosen as the mother of Jesus. These people did not deserve to be disappointed. They weren't being judged. They weren't being punished. They'd done nothing to answer for this. They were guilty of no sin and they didn't deserve, but here they are serving God and facing disappointment. Disappointed in relationship, disappointed in their plans, in their marriage, in their life, in their circumstances. And maybe you're here today and that's how you feel. You say, I've prayed, I've given, I've served God, I fasted, I came to the watch night last year and I dedicated myself and I've been following God and here I am. It's December 11th and I'm disappointed. By now I thought I'd be married. By now I thought I'd have a child. By now I thought I'd have done my master's at Cambridge. By now I thought I'd have my own company. I'd be open, Kumasi. By now, I thought the contract would be signed. The money would come through. By now, I thought I'd be somewhere else, somewhere better. And here you are, disappointed. But if Mary and Joseph, those great people who served God and loved him, if they could be appointed by God to raise Jesus, if they could face disappointment, then you have to understand God has a purpose and a plan. And you have to say like Mary, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. Because Mary believed God's word, she was able to make it through her disappointment. Because the promise of God came, she was able to face despair. But even better was the fact that Mary learned for every disappointment in life, God has an appointment. Mary and Joseph were disappointed, 
But the very events that brought them pain were used by God to bring peace. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Life's disappointments become God's appointments when we embrace his purpose. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 1, 22 and 23, all of this, all of this occurred. Everybody say, all of this occurred. All of this occurred. All the disappointment occurred. All the pain occurred. All the waiting occurred. All the discouragement occurred. All of this occurred. All the shame, all the disgrace, all the sorrow, all the tears on the pillow at night. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I'm here to declare to you everything that's occurred in your life, God can turn it around to bring you to his purpose, to bring you to his family, to bring you to salvation, to bring you into his love. It may seem your plan is going astray, but often what you view as an interruption is God's intervention. And I want to encourage you today, life's disappointments will become God's appointments when you embrace his purpose. That's the lesson we can learn from the American man named Mike Illich. Mike Illich grew up in Michigan, USA, and his dream in life was become an American baseball player. He wanted to be a professional baseball player in the sport that Americans love so much. So he worked at it, he tried out for it, and eventually he got his dream. It became true, but in his early years in his career, he hurt his knee. Fortunately, they were able to repair the knee, but surprisingly, Mike Illich was unable to ever play baseball again. And here he was at 26 years of age. His dream was shattered. His career was over. His knee was wounded. Though it healed, he couldn't play baseball. Mike Illich was left disappointed. So he started looking for a job. I mean, after all, he had to find work. He had to pay for him and his wife to live. He'd been a baseball player, got paid, and now he couldn't. So he had to look for work, but he couldn't find work. He ended up volunteering without pay to work at a pizza restaurant that one of his friends owned. But he did so well there, gradually, they decided to hire him. They gave him a job, and Mike Illich was working for three years in a pizza restaurant. And then he and his wife decided, you know, we've learned this business. I've learned it. We can do this ourselves. So Mike Illich and his wife opened a pizza restaurant. Gradually, he opened other restaurants. They became successful, and his business empire grew. Today, the pizza restaurant chain Mike Illich opened with his wife is called Little Caesars Pizza. It's the third largest pizza restaurant chain in the United States. And Little Caesars helped Mike Illich earn more than six billion U.S. dollars. Mm. Best of all, when Mike Illich got older, he was able to buy the baseball team he used to play for. His disappointment became God's appointment. The interruption to his plan was God's intervention in his life. 
And friends, you've got to keep the faith today. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has a timing for you. And no matter what things look like, God is orchestrating everything. That in the right time, in his perfect timing, he will bring everything to pass. If you will embrace his purpose, believe in his word, and trust in God's plan, he will work out the circumstances in your life. The disappointment is not good. The disappointment is painful. But God will turn it around in life and help us see his plan. For Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I'm here to tell you today, if you align with God's purpose, you will prevail. If you link on to God's purpose, you will prevail. If you connect and pursue God's purpose, you will prevail in 2023. You will prevail in your relationships. You will prevail in your business. You will prevail in your career. You will prevail in your education. You will prevail in every area of your life when you latch on to the purposes of God by accepting his plan and embracing his purpose. And that brings us to our third step. When you do that, you will receive God's promise. For God's plan for Christmas took place at just the right time. And God's purpose for Christmas has been fulfilled every time someone comes and gives their life to Christ. His plan and his purpose bring us to the fact that these are a fulfillment of his promise. For the Bible says in Galatians 4.4, God sent his son born of a woman and I'm here to declare to you today that God has promised a savior to the world and he fulfilled it on Christmas day when men came in to understand his time and women came to accept his purpose then the promise of God was revealed and it was fulfilled that's why Luke 2 9 and 11 says an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them the angel said to them do not be afraid hallelujah I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, the promise is fulfilled. Today, the prophecy has come to pass. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And that's the good news of Christmas. Jesus has come. Our Savior has come. The light has come. The Prince of Peace has come. God has answered our cry and kept his promise. For you see, if we needed education or information, God would have sent a teacher. If what we needed most was a business plan, he would have sent a banker or someone who works with finance. If what we needed was better government, God could have sent us a politician. But what we needed more than anything was a savior. We needed someone to wash away our sins and bring us new life. We needed someone who could take us to heaven and bring us into the presence of God. And that's who God sent. He sent us the Savior to come and meet our needs. He kept his promise. For Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There was only one way, only one chance, only one path for our redemption. It required Jesus to come to leave the glories of heaven and be born on earth. For Hebrews 2 says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who've lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the promise. Jesus is the fulfillment of everything we need. Life, health, salvation, 
deliverance, joy, light, peace. It's in the person of Jesus. But the fact is, peace is a person. Peace is not a present you receive. Peace is his presence you receive. Peace is not found in your condition. Peace is found in your connection to Jesus. Peace doesn't come from the situation you're in. Peace comes from having the Savior within. Peace is a person. Jesus, Prince of Peace. And when you make room for Jesus, when you receive his presence and the promise of God, you will have peace at Christmas and in the new year. That's the lesson we can learn from the funny story about the church that held a Christmas play many years ago. A church decided that they wanted to have a play that would display the story of Christmas. So they recruited children from amongst the church to act as Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds. There was one little boy in the church named Harold who, to be quite frank, he was one of those kids that nobody really knew what to do with. He was not very intelligent. He was very rambunctious and made a lot of noise. He was always raising his hand and shouting. He was the kind of kid that broke things and spilled things and everybody just kind of held their breath until he left church. And Harold wanted to be in the Christmas play and the adults didn't know what to do because they were afraid Harold would mess things up big time. But they needed actors and Harold was persistent so finally they agreed to give Harold the role of the innkeeper because after all the innkeeper only had one line, one sentence he had to say, I'm sorry, there's no room in the inn. I mean, that's not too hard. Just tell your neighbor, I'm sorry, there's no room in the inn. And so they practice and practice, and Harold seemed to be doing okay. People were a little bit nervous, but he seemed to make it, and he could say, I'm sorry, there's no room in the inn. And they thought everything was fine. Well, the night of the play came, the crowd had gathered, the parents were on the front row, everybody was happy and excited, and the children did a great job. People were a little bit nervous, wondering what would happen with Harold, but they decided it was going to be okay. And the pivotal time came in the play when Mary and Joseph knocked on the door of the inn at Bethlehem. And sure enough, Harold opened the door, and everybody held their breath. Harold looked frayed, he looked frozen, but then he blurted out, I'm sorry, there's no room in the inn. And he closed the door. Oh, phew. everybody breathed a sigh of relief. We made it through Harold. Mary and Joseph turned to walk away. And then the unexpected happened. Harold opened the door and ran out on stage again. He ran out after Mary and Joseph. Wait, wait, don't go. Come back. You can have my room. Mary and Joseph froze. They didn't know what to do or what to say. Everybody in the crowd gasped. It was dead silence. And then people started clapping. Clapping. Yes, you can have my room. Don't go, Jesus. Come back. You can have my room. You can have my heart. See, it wasn't in the script, but Harold actually wrote the best ending to the Christmas story. For Jesus came to be with us, came to come in and abide with us. He himself said in Revelation 3.20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. That's why Jesus came, 
That's why you can have peace no matter what. The world has written Jesus off. There's no room for Jesus in the politics, the corporate world. There's no room for Jesus in most families and society. But you don't have to follow the world's script. You can change the script and make a perfect ending for your Christmas by saying, wait, Jesus, don't go. Come back. Come into my heart. You can have my room. You can have my life. For when you do that, when you accept God's time and embrace God's purpose, you will receive God's promise. You'll receive Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You'll have peace in your possession, peace at Christmas, peace in the new year. You'll have Jesus, Prince of Peace. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today, Lord, with burdened hearts, many of us confused, disappointed, discouraged. Things haven't gone the way we expected. We hoped by now we'd hold a child. We'd hoped by now we'd be married. We'd hoped by now we'd be in school or be in the U.S., have a promotion. And here we are, Lord. We accept today your plan. We accept our times are in your hands. We surrender to you and say, Lord, make everything beautiful in your time. You can interrupt our plans at any time, Lord, because it's an intervention from you. And Lord, we come today to embrace your purpose. We may have said, this is what I'm going to do this year. These are my 10-year plans. But Lord, ultimately, we say like Mary, let every word be fulfilled. Your word. We accept your purpose. Come and help us today to align ourselves with you and your purpose so that we will prevail. No matter what we earn, no matter what we know, no matter where we go, let us be aligned with your purpose to be adopted into your family, saved in love with you. We receive your promise by faith because we receive you by faith. And we say, Jesus, come into our hearts today. Come in and bring us light, life. Come and bring us peace. For you are Jesus, Prince of Peace. Amen and amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.